It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. When he drinks. He thinks. That's the nectar of the gods, baby. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the number one liquid-fueled, liquid-lubricated show on the interwebs. This is the Whiskey Musings Broadcast, and I am your host, Rick. First of all, got to give a shout-out to the... um. Uh, <clears throat> I got to give a shout out to the um, uh, Delaware Valley Water Moccasins, the unofficial mascots of the Whiskey Musings broadcast. Apparently, they won both of their meets this last Sunday, and the USA Mocks, which I think is like a a, uh, a special group part of like a nationwide competition or whatever, did great. On Saturday, apparently one of the uh, one of the members got sixth place overall in the breaststroke. This is according to their coach. Very proud, very loud outlaw dogs over on Rumble. So congratulations to the Delaware Valley Water Moccasins for doing such a great job. Of course, I will try and bring updates on them throughout the season, provided I'm given them. anyway uh all right i have got so much stuff that i just i'm i'm not even sure i'm going to be able to get to it all um and unfortunately i don't have a pet of the week this week so um yeah so that's you know if you want to get your pet on the program this is my wednesday night segment it's a fan favorite send me your your pictures of your pets um, and you know, all of, all of those kinds of, uh, things, stories, whatever, um, send them to me at fans, F A N S at whiskey musings dot online. That's fans, F A N S at whiskey musings dot online. And, uh, you can be featured on a Wednesday night pet of the week or at least your pet can now if you end up in the pic photo too i mean that's fine uh the only thing that i the only thing that i don't do is i don't um i definitely do not show like kid pics so i will blur out the um the child's face if they're in there just because you know safety privacy reasons and things like that all right let's go ahead and get things started off first of all i am trying for the first time tonight Knob Creek. This is a small batch Knob Creek. It is a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. I think you guys are starting to see where I'm going with this bourbon, bourbon, bourbon. Um, so, uh, so anyway, and no, B. Cressman, I am not on OnlyFans. I don't think I ever will be on OnlyFans. Uh, and of course, it is in the True Grit Roots Network rocks glass with the stones in the bottom. Hmm. 
Ah, yes, it's got a bit of a a bit of a bite um, at the end, at least I think. But it's good. It's good. Good stuff. Knob Creek. Hmm. That may end up having to be in the uh, in the rotation. That may end up having to get in the rotation. This the standard rotation for this. Um, yeah, and and and. Mark over on Facebook goes, I asked you to drink scotch. You said no. That is correct. I don't do scotch very much. Um, yeah, it just, I, I can't, I, I just can't do it. I'm sorry. I just, I have all the scotches, with the exception of Shivas Regal, uh, Shivas Regal Blue, with the exception of that one. Um, that one was actually really good. I, I was able to drink that scotch, but, um, but anyway. All right, well. Tonight is, of course, uh, Whiskey Wednesday. It's like Taco Tuesday, but for badasses. And that's right. That is Whiskey Wednesday. Oh, that was 13 months ago? Hmm. All right. Okay. Well, you know, uh, um, I'm... Uh, okay. So... <laughs> oh, great. Now there's a war going on. It's saying American whiskey is the best versus scotch. Uh, you know, I, I do love, I, I like an Irish whiskey too. Like, like the original drink that I was drinking, of course, was Jameson Irish. Jameson Black Barrel is my favorite. I, I will drink the standard Jameson, uh, at times if there's nothing else there, but, um, but yeah. So anyway, um, all right. So let me go ahead and get this, uh, kicked off here. Of course, this is, <laughs> This is uh, Wednesday, as soon as I can find my damn cursor. Um, all right. And, yeah, that was right before you took off and went to Scotland. I, I saw those Scotland photos, man. I'm telling you, I, I, Mark, I, I loved the Scotland photos. And maybe I might I might find a scotch somewhere, I mean, outside of the Chivas Regal one that I've, I like. But for right now, everything that I've tasted has all been um, questionable at best. I do have a Barrowman scotch. That is sitting and waiting for me um, that I haven't opened yet. I'm a a little apprehensive, like I said, Um, but I do have a Barrowman Scotch that I'm looking at um, or that I have that eventually will pop open. All right, let's get this thing going. Let's get this show on the road here. Uh, Let's talk about True Grit Roots Network, TGRN.net. It is, we have our channel, TGRN Blues, 24 by 7, 365 Blues by some great, great on-air personalities. And, of course, they highlight all sorts of blues artists and everything else. It is, uh, it is a, you know, fantastic. I think it's a fantastic um, digital radio station. But I want to highlight one of our premier shows that we have called Mighty Mouth Blues. Join Mighty Mouth Blues for two hours of authentic roots rockin' music every Tuesday, 8, p- 8 to 10 p.m. Central, with an encore presentation on Saturdays, 8 to 10 p.m. Central, exclusively on TGRN Blues. Multi-award winner blues radio host Jonathan Oogie Richards and his co-host Amber Burhill. Bring their high-energy radio show featuring today's hitmakers while paying tribute to the iconic blues men and women who have paved the path for today's blues artists. You can get more information about Mighty Mouth Blues as well as uh, 
TGRN by heading off to TGRN.net. TGRN Blues is part of the True Grit Roots Network and is based out of Austin, Texas. And I thank you very much, um, of course, for checking that out. Because, as always, I have to be honest with my fans and listeners and everybody. I am part owner in that um, endeavor. But TGRN.net, go and check them out and uh, take a listen, too, if you have any inkling. I mean, I I didn't think that, you know, I really cared for blues that much. But then after you listen to it for a little bit, it's kind of, it, it's it's the roots of a lot of our Americana music. And there's a lot of similarities between blues and country and rock. You got to listen to it. And, uh, yeah, you can go and check it out, tgrn.net, and check out all of our on-air personalities, our entire lineup. We've got a couple new shows coming, and it's, uh, it's fantastic. I'm just telling you that right now. All right. So let me go ahead and get started. Um, there is... It, it, there is a headline um, headline article today. This is the first one that I'm bringing off um, in today's show. And it's not being talked about a lot. Um, and it's really, it is important to me, being a veteran, um, being a supporter of our military and our veterans, I just want to bring attention to this because um, this is something that is is happening right now in the Middle East. And, uh, you know, the even though we have a, a an abysmal commander-in-chief, in my opinion, an abysmal secretary of defense, in my opinion, an abysmal um, administration overall when it comes to military and, and, of course, you know, Biden not having any kind of real <laughs> success in the foreign... Um, uh, the foreign theaters across the world. He's been wrong on all of his foreign uh, decisions as of late. Actually, even from before then, come to think about it. Um, but anyway, I do want to bring this up because this is very important. Apparently, there was a group of Navy SEALs that um, that went out and intercepted a boat that was bound for Yemen that had um, weapons, in particular had some um, missiles on it. And during the course of this operation that was near um, Somalia and Yemen, um, one of the SEALs fell off the boat uh, into the ocean, and uh, the second SEAL jumped in, of course, as per protocol, to assist and and make sure that, uh, you know, they were able to get uh, back on board. Well, unfortunately, they couldn't get back on board, and now they are missing. This was kind of mid-last week. Um, and so there is some question as to where the SEALs are. There is a search that is commencing, still commencing, um, right now. But, uh, yeah, there's there's some question as to what happened and why and so on and so forth. But until we get the search and rescue operation taken care of. So I'm just going to ask, I don't, you know, I don't really care necessarily about, you know, the 
the circumstances with regards to this, I am just asking my Whiskey Warriors, please, if you have an opportunity, because these are two very well-trained operators. Chances are they are alive. Chances are they are, you know, just holed up somewhere, um, depending upon where they were uh, at the time and and that kind of stuff. I'm sure that they are surviving or have survived. But um, just if you could take a second and put out a prayer or two for these people, um, for these fine young operators, prayers up, um, just because I, I would love to see them. Um, get found alive and safe. So, um, you know, unlike Biden, who just like went on and after uh, SEAL Team 6 took out bin Laden, went ahead and doxed him. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody remembers that or not, but this guy, I mean, God, I'm just, I can't. And you wonder why our um, recruitment rates are down. But anyway, um, prayers, prayers for these folks. Because they are highly trained operators, and and we hope that even though we know that they are they are trained and expected to do things that most people um, realistically are, you know, it's a dangerous world out there, and it is dangerous of what they do. Um, but at the same time, we just got to make sure that they come back. Um, hopefully, they come back safe, and that we don't have another couple of coffins draped with flags that. Joe Biden can look at his watch while they come by. <sighs> Butthead. Anyway, sorry. I digress. All right. So here's the thing. Um, we have a, a bit of a problem. And I, you know, I've been saying on this program um, that 2024 is going to be the most... Uh, shall we say tumultuous year, uh, especially given the fact that November is our elections. And one of the things that um, really kicks in is because of it really kicks in is because of the, the 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 tone that the Democrats have already taken with a lot of this crap. Okay, they are um, they all. I mean, every single one of them are their desperation and the, the, the desperation, especially on social media, that has just been hanging in the air. Um, it stinks. I mean, it really, really stinks. It's a stench from the left in terms of their desperation. And, you know, they had kind of this same desperation in 20... Um, 17 after Trump got elected because of course their anointed queen didn't make it um the uh, you know didn't make it didn't get elected and of course they kept yelling and har- you know yelling about Russia 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 and you know Russia interfered with the elections and all this other junk that of course we found out later was completely a hoax um we have in 2020, we have them talking about, uh, again, you know, interference in the election, but the fact that they were scared or concerned or whatever kind of adjective they came up with in terms of talking about Trump not stepping down like he should and utilizing the military for whatever reason um, to keep himself in power. 
And lo and behold, on January 21st at noon, like is prescribed in the U.S. Constitution, Trump left Washington, D.C. quietly on a plane without incident, no military, no nothing, even though we now know that there was a lot of interference from the left. There was a lot of potential um, election uh, miscreants, mis, uh, you know, things going on. We have, we now have a bunch of uh, cases and stuff like that that have shown up now. That I mean, regardless of whether it was perpetrated by a Democrat or a Republican, the fact is, it's still fraud. But uh, anyway, now we're coming around to 2024, and they're already talking about this. So. Let's just take a quick second or two and go back to those years starting in 2017 where they were talking about what they were going to do to get Donald Trump out. And this first one comes in from foreignpolicy.com um, and it's the title of it is Three Ways to Get Rid of President Trump Before 2020. And they, you know, they were talking about the 25th Amendment, of course. Um, they were talking about uh, utilizing, um, let's see, they were saying that there's four ways, and this quote, this is a direct quote from the piece, there are essentially four ways to get rid of a, cr- a crummy president. First, of course, is the world can just wait patiently for November of 2020 um, to roll around. Well, 2020 rolled around, and we all know what happened there. But then they go on and say the second way would be impeachment. And they, you know, in the piece they say that Congress doesn't need evidence of actual treason or murder to move forward with an impeachment, which, believe it or not, that is exactly what happened. They didn't have any evidence of him doing whatever it was that they claimed. They not only impeached him once, but they impeached him twice. And he didn't get removed from office because of the Senate. Um, so there was that. And of course, they were complaining about the fact that impeachments take time, months, if not longer. Even with an, ex- an enthusiastic Congress. They say that in the piece. Well, then, of course... Some are talking about the 25th Amendment to the Constitution, which, you know, again, 25th Amendment requires a bunch of people to get together to do this. None of that occurred. Except the impeachments, let's just put it that way. So, um, and that would have been, the 25th Amendment would have been option three in their scenario. But here... This is where it starts. This is where it's starting to get a little concerning. And so what we end up having is this fourth possibility, which is a military coup. Now, keep that in mind, okay? They're talking about a military coup. Now, this is in 2017. This is January 30th of 2017. 
and of course, they also call out the fact that there would be a refusal by military leaders to obey certain orders. Now, I just want to bring this up. Having been in the service and having swearing that um, uh, oath, as far as the enlisteds are concerned, the enlisteds hold up their hand and they swear an oath to the Constitution of the United States and to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, bearing true faith and allegiance to the Constitution, and that I will faithfully execute the orders of the officers appointed over me, up to and including the President of the United States. But here's the kicker. In accordance with the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Now, what's interesting is the Uniform Code of Military Justice, unless it's been amended, has said and stated that as an enlisted person, you do not have to follow the orders if they are unlawful. And by that, I mean that if they go against the Constitution, which you swore to uphold and, and defend, that would mean that you could essentially say no. Now, here's the thing, okay? And this, this I, I, I'm, I'm really, I personally, I'm a little, little bit concerned because we have a military now that is made up of people who are wanting to change their genders and, uh, you know, do all kinds of other stuff in order to have all this happen. Not only that, but the majority of people just in my own conversations with folks don't really know what's in the Constitution. Many of them have never read it past maybe the preamble. And there are a ton of people that believe parts of the Declaration of Independence are actually in the Constitution. Now, the other thing that is out there as well with regards to this is the fact that I've been seeing on social media veterans who have stated unequivocally that they want Trump gone. And their argument is the fact that Trump has gone against the Constitution. Now, not once, as far as I am aware, has Trump ever usurped the Constitution, such as spying on Americans, censorship of American um, voices by working with non-governmental organizations to censor people's voices and their freedom of speech. I am not aware of, of Trump deciding to not follow the Supreme Court of the United States and just arbitrarily forgiving debt that he has no constitutional reason to do. So I just... 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I just, I just don't know for sure what would happen if we ended up in a situation by the military potentially standing up to Trump if Trump were in here. Now, the the other thing that was going on during this time is, of course, the whole what they consider to be a conspiracy theory, which is the uh, which is the the whole idea of replacing the Republican vote. And that's in The New York Times. This is a op ed piece came out in October of 2018 and you can, um, it, it, this is a, a, an op-ed piece, but it's, uh, it's a chance to reduce, uh, rebuke white nationalism, which of course is come back and is talking, talking about this a lot um, in the social media circles today and in the news media circles. And everybody keeps talking about, you know, white nationalism, white Christian nationalism. Uh, the white evangelical Christians. And if you recall, the FBI, when Biden got into office, has been going after white evangelical Christians, the Catholic Church, saying that they're, um, that we are domestic violent extremists. The rhetoric is getting tough and tight. Read this. I finally found it. And honestly, it is behind a paywall, but it's not really a paywall. All you have to do is just sign up. If this is the only thing you read from the New York Times, which I highly recommend uh, not reading the Times very often. But if this, is the, if this is the only thing you can, you can just put your your email address in and uh, they'll give you access to it. I give it a link in the show notes. Um, But uh, but yeah, it just. It's kind of a little scary to think about. And then after 2020 hit, this article came out in Time magazine, which essentially outlined step by step the secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. I, uh, I'm telling you folks, we, you have to read these pieces, you, it, especially to figure this stuff out, to get figuring, to get figured out, um, uh, for what they are planning on doing in 2024, you have to take a close look at these. And there was a, a section that, 
Um, honestly, you know, hat tip to Dan Bongino today. He kind of highlighted it. Let me scroll down and get to it. Let me see if I can find it. But there's there's a lot of information in here about what they did with the disinformation and, and all of these things. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the vote changing, like the, uh, you know, in Pennsylvania because of COVID and how COVID actually helped them throughout this. Um, but one of the things that they talked about was in regards to, um, the people. And let me see, here we go. In terms of showing up, this is a section it's, it's under showing up, standing down. And, uh, this uh, particular part here, the part that I'm, I'm, starting that I, I really need you to pay attention to is the fact that the they apparently had people ready to take to the streets. Um, they had, according to this this article, they were talking about, you know, Fox News and when Fox News surprised everyone by calling Arizona for Biden. And it says the public awareness campaign had worked. TV anchors were bending over backward to counsel caution and frame the vote count accurately. The question then became what to do next. The conversation that followed was a difficult one led by the activists charged with the protest strategy. We wanted to be mindful of when the right, when was the right time to call for moving masses of people into the streets As much as they were eager to mount a show of strength, mobilizing immediately could backfire and put people at risk. Protests that de- that devolved into violent clashes would give Trump a pretext to send in federal agents or troops as he had over the summer. And rather than elevate Trump's complaints by continuing to fight him, the alliance wanted to send the message that the people had spoken. And so a word went out, or the word went out, and said, stand down. A, com- a organization called Protect the Results announced that it would not be activating the entire national mobilization network today, but remains ready to activate if necessary. On Twitter, outraged progressives wondered what was going on. Why wasn't anyone trying to stop the Trump coup? Where were all the protests? And this guy, this article follows this guy, by the way, um, who is named uh, Podhorzer. And he essentially outlines, he essentially, in, in the article, he's like the ringleader of the entire thing, whoever this guy is. Um, so Podhorzer credits the activists for their restraint. They spent... They had spent so much time getting ready to hit the streets on Wednesday, but they did it, he said, Wednesday through Friday. There was not a single Antifa versus Proud Boys incident like everyone was expecting. And when that didn't materialize, I don't think the Trump campaign had a backup plan. So here's the thing, folks. They were ready to do this in 2020. What do you think they're planning on doing? potentially, for 2024. 
and I got a little bit more on that coming right up. But first, I want to tell you about this fantastic, fantastic thing here called the U.S. Constitution. Grab yourself a copy today. This is a leather-bound, saddleback leather-bound U.S. Constitution. And it is fantastic. It has an eighth of an inch of leather right there. You can see the pages inside are tear-resistant, water-resistant as well. And check out that binding. It goes all the way through. It is a stitched binding, goes all the way through the book and the leather on the outside. It is a 100-year warranty against um, manufacturing defects and materials. You can either send it to them and they will either fix it or replace it for free in the next 100 years. It is buddy tested, Billy tasted, and it is also my youngest whiskey warrior approved. The internal contents were used for him to get his civics badge in scouts. This is fantastic, a fantastic keepsake. You can send it on down um, to down the line. The amendments, according <laughs> according to all my, my my rumble folks, are all like they they love this thing. They love the sexy rounded corners here. They love the fact that the amendments are actually in numerical order. Believe it or not. Go to constitution.whiskeymusings.online. That's constitution.whiskeymusings.online and pick yours up today. I handed these out to uh, certain people uh, over Christmas, stuck them in their stockings. It was well received. Believe me, this is a this is a keepsake. You can carry it around with you. It is tough enough to take on the most um, rugged kind of things. And yes, once again, it is buddy tested, buddy approved and Billy chewed. Billy chewed. He got a hold of his outlaw dogs had Billy, Billy the kid, grabbed it as soon as she got it and chewed it a little bit. So I'm sure there's like little teeth marks and stuff on hers. But go to constitution.whiskeymusings.online and get yours today. And while you are there, go and check out the rest of the Institute on the Constitution's um, plethora of books and materials and information. I appreciate the fact that they allow me to be a an affiliate uh, of theirs. So once again, go to constitution.whiskeymusings.online and order yours today. All right. So back to the show. So those were those were the things that they did back in 2017, 2018, and now and up to 2020. Well, this came out here recently in um, NBC News. And this has already started the conversation about a potential for using the military. Fears grow that Trump will use the military in dictatorial ways if he returns to the White House. Among those being mentioned for Trump's defense secretary are Christopher Miller, who served temporarily during his administration, Michael Flynn and Mike Pompeo. Now, they are talking about the fact that they believe that Donald Trump, who was honestly, you know, was on a Sean Hannity town hall and he made the comment about being dictator day one. And of course, they went and grabbed, um, you know, grabbed the 
soundbite of that, and they keep talking about how, you know, Trump is going to be a dictator, even though he clearly was joking about it, number one. And secondly, he um, he went and said that he would be a dictator by doing things that he is constitutionally allowed to do. Drill, baby, drill, and closing the border. Those were like his two top priorities for his first day. Um, And so, anyway, they they are, believe me, the left is just melting down big time when it comes to this. But this kind of rhetoric happening right now Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right now is, it's way early, first of all, but that it just gives us an indication in terms of their thought process. If you think 2020 was bad, the summer of 2020, you know, the whole summer of love with the riots and everything, this is going to potentially be worse. Okay. And I'm not talking about the right. I'm talking about the left. I'm talking about the left who continually demonstrate that they are more violent and are prepared to perform violence in order to gain a particular political goal than what the right actually would be. But it's not only this too. Because even though they keep talking about, you know, all of the fancy stuff that they're going to, you know, all these things about military coup and so on and so forth. They are already, according to this article in Straight Arrow News, advocacy groups, advocacy groups are already preparing litigation in case of a Trump re-election. Now, we already know about the the attempts the attempts that they are um, going through right now to get him kicked off the ballot due to the 14th amendment which you know I've covered that exclu- you know extensively on this show and by the way that is still coming up on February the 8th the hearing the hearing at Scotus for those but the the point here is that they are already gearing up Because of the fact that Trump won the Iowa caucuses, they are running scared. Again, keep in mind the desperation here, the stench of the desperation is palpable in terms of everything that they are planning on doing. And they are discussing already with the general election being 10 months away, 
Some organizations are already preparing for litigation post-election if Trump retakes the White House. Now, I really want to understand how they're going to do that um, in, in terms of the idea that <laughs> they're just going off the assumption that he's going to win. Now, if you listen to like all the Biden supporters, they're all talking about the Biden supporters um, saying that there's, you know, Biden's uh, uh, Biden is going to win. There's going to be a blue wave. You know, again, it's all kinds of rhetoric that's out in the um, social media outlets. But they if if they really had the confidence that this was going to go their way, I don't think they'd be talking a lot about this, especially in the way that they're describing it here. I mean, again, we're the election itself is, you know, 10 months away on November 5th and they're already planning. They're already planning to um, litigate, litigate, litigate. Now, Trump went ahead and, you know, clarified his remarks, even though anybody with a brain who actually saw the whole thing in context and saw his uh, body language and, and heard what he said during that town hall, they all jumped to the idea that, you know, oh my gosh, he's going to be a dictator. It completely ignoring the fact that Biden is actually being very dictatorial in terms of pushing his regulations on things like electric vehicles, which we know the city of Chicago had, there were articles out about the electric vehicles being dead in the water, not being able to charge because the charging stations were so damn cold. They couldn't even provide the electricity that Joe had gone and raged war against your gas ranges and stoves and AC units and all these things in terms of trying to regulate those out of existence given the fact that he is pushing a green agenda that is really not much more than a money boondoggle because the whole idea of climate change has been continually debunked every single time they make a prediction about, oh, the, the, the oceans are going to rise. We have photos of like hundred year old photos that, uh, that we have, where the ocean is in the exact same spot, where the temperatures are hotter, you know, the hottest on record over the last, you know, 80 or 100 years. And then when you start digging into it and an a actual real scientist comes along and says, yeah, well, you know what? The earth was a lot hotter, you know, a little bit farther back than what we have record uh, recorded. And I've shown you a lot of these, these, uh, things on this program i've i've talked about them and everything so you know again this is all a push for a potential problem within this within this scenario and then of course you have places like california where every single year in terms of the evs kind of stepping back to the electric vehicles you know california every single year has brownouts and blackouts because they cannot keep they're, um, they cannot keep their electrical grid running and they keep asking people to not charge 
their EVs at night, well, when are they going to charge them if they can't charge them at night and they have to get to work in the morning? We have our own here in the state of Washington, Puget Sound Energy, PSE, sent out a request to everybody because of the, the um, strain on the electric grid for all of the heat pumps and everybody, everything that everybody's been changing out to, trying to get rid of their gas furnaces and things like that. Um, it, uh, it, it's just amazing to me as far as the entire situation when it comes to our electrical grid, it's already aging and they want us to add a whole bunch of chargers and things like that to it to charge all of these electric vehicles. And then there's the whole bus boondoggle, our wonderful VP who loves green buses and they can't even keep the dang things on the road in places like Michigan where they couldn't get parts, they don't have the people to be able, with the skill set, to be able to repair them. There's all kinds of stuff with that that's going on. And then, of course, we have the wonderful people over in DeVos who are doing the World Economic Forum, the WEF, and they're all pushing. They, believe it or not, by many of their speeches, they're running scared too because they know that if Trump gets in that he will stop their global one world order kind of philosophy that they have running around. But I have another concern. I have another concern with what's going on. Now, if you recall in 2020, 2019, 2020, we had what was essentially reportedly the worst pandemic in our society. And that was this wonderful thing called COVID-19. Well, new information came out now here in the Washington Examiner that guess what? Well, first of all, before I get into this article, I just want to say Fauci's uh, admitted some things on the stand in front of uh, Congress, but his boss has also said that the supposed conspiracy theory of COVID-19 being developed in the lab that everybody was, was you know, saying, oh, no, that's not possible. Well, the boss kind of said, uh, Fauci's boss kind of said, yeah, now it's plausible. It's not a conspiracy theory anymore. But now, here in the Washington Examiner, Coronavirus, according to a report um, that was uh, released by some House Republicans, they said that they've unearthed evidence that the coronavirus was actually sequenced weeks. The DNA sequence was sequenced weeks before China disclosed its actual existence. Uh, The revelation here in the article, the revelation does not settle the debate on whether or not the virus originated from nature or was the result of a laboratory accident. It adds two suspicions, though, that China's government knew more details about the virus in the earlier stages of the pandemic than it has let on. And again, telling you, let's see. Uh, Representative Kathy McMorris Rogers, 
who is uh, from my state, a Republican from my state, says, this significant discovery further underscores why we cannot trust any of the so-called facts or data provided by the CCP and calls into serious question the legitimacy of any scientific theories based on such information. She is a House Energy and uh, Commerce Committee chairwoman. Um, yeah, so this is just this is just crazy. The more that we find these things out, the documents apparently were obtained by the committee from the Department of Health and Human Services that indicate the genetic sequence for SARS-CoV-2 was submitted to the NIH database by Dr. Lily Wren. Wren, who is a virologist at the Institute of Pathology, Biology, or Pathogen Biology of Chinese Academy of Medical Science, which has ties to the CCP and the People's Liberation Army. Ren is also a recipient of funds given to the nonprofit research from firm given uh, to the nonprofit research firm EcoHealth Alliance on a grant from the NI, uh, NIAID. Which of course. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. She was all part of. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is just going to get worse. Well, yeah, worse. Really? Okay. Well, here we go. Here's the next phase. Dailymail.com puts out this article. Chinese scientists create a mutant coronavirus strain that attacks the brain and has a 100% kill rate in mice, as they admit. There is a risk that it spills over to humans. Eight rodents infected with the pathogen surprisingly died within eight days. Critics of the study said this madness must be stopped before it's too late. Um, And this is what the what they're talking about in terms of disease x this is potentially a a problem um for this and so yeah we'll just um i'm gonna do that bye-bye um so yeah it's just Uh, From the article, Chinese scientists have been experimenting with a mutant coronavirus strain that is 100% lethal in mice. Despite concerns, such research could spark another pandemic. Scientists in Beijing, who are linked to the Chinese military, cloned a COVID-like virus found in pangolins. Oh, pangolins. Do you remember that? Hmm. Do you remember that? Pangolins. I seem to recall that was where they said the COVID-19 came from. 
and it's known as GXPV2, uh, and used it to infect the mice. The mice had been humanized, meaning that they were engineered to express a protein that is found in people, with the goal being able to assess how the virus might react in humans. Every rodent that was infected with the pathogen died within eight days, um, which the researchers described as surprisingly quick. Yeah. I'm the reason why I'm bringing all of this stuff up to you honestly is to prepare you. 2024 is going to be um a a really what I consider a really tumultuous year and we what we have here is evidence this is, this is their own words. I mean, this is stuff that they are doing in terms of the Democrats, in terms of the, um, you know, the, the potential of the United States government to utilize some of this stuff to create panic, create fear, create a, an environment where people might not want to head out to the polls when the election comes around. Because believe me, as Rahm Emanuel once said, never let a crisis go to waste. And I'm telling you right now, folks, they are on the warpath. They are so damn scared of this man getting back into office that it is, a, it is just an incredible, incredible amount of... I mean, we're not even... We're what? 17 days into 2024 and they're already talking about military coups and disease X and potentially it getting loose from China and all this other stuff. We've got to be ready mentally, mentally, as well as prepare yourself and your families for a potential time and crisis. To be honest with you, we just, you've got to be prepared. I'm telling you right now, if you're not prepared now, you better get there. Even if you're partially prepared, you'll be better off than not being prepared at all. But don't put it past these people. Do not put it past these people because this stuff, if they're going to do the fear mongering, they're going to do the, you know, try and get people to be so scared. And so dependent upon the government that they are going to be looking to instill again. Provided they get their way. All right. Moving on a little bit. I am, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something. I've been taking, I mean, well, a lot of us have been taking a lot of crap and flack. on social media as well as other places. Um, and I'm just going to tell you that these last several years has been conspiracy after conspiracy that has been proven correct over and over and over again. Well, guess what? Here's another one that was claimed to be a conspiracy I've told you on this program, I'm sorry, I'm going to I'm going to take a minute just to tell you. I've told you on this program this whole thing was true. And here we go. Here's continual proof. 
This from the Daily Wire. The DOJ, the Department of Justice, finally confirms that the Hunter Biden laptop was real this entire time. Apparently, there's an ongoing case against, uh, you know, Hunter, and they have some new filings about it in this case. And, uh, yeah, new filings in the ongoing case now confirm that the laptop tied to Hunter Biden was, in fact, his and that the Justice Department knew it. New York Post reporter Miranda Devine, she wrote the book Laptop from Hell. And believe me, if you get a chance to get a hold of that book and read it, it is an eye-opening experience. Um, But she's been working on the Hunter Biden story since the very beginning, has laid out some of the new details in a thread posted on X, formerly known as Twitter. She noted that in addition to the Bidens and the Justice Department being fully aware that the laptop was Hunter's, they had even been able to match the contents discovered on the laptop to content stored on the cloud under his account. Huh. So this entire time that all of these Dems and all of these leftists who've been out there who've been saying that, oh, this is fake, and of course the 51 intelligence officers, all of that stuff, I mean... This isn't shocking to anybody, especially anyone who's watched this program, anybody that's read the book, anybody with a brain that has been paying attention to this entire story. But this just brings a a level of, of confirmation, again, that we have for all of this. And I just... I. <laughs> Uh, you should probably go and check out if you ha- if you have X, go and check out the Miranda Divine line uh, listing here. But this is basically, um, yeah. So what's really kind of strange though is that David Weiss, um, David Weiss, for those of you that don't remember, was friends with Hunter's brother Bo when Bo was the Attorney General of uh, I believe it was the state of Delaware, and. Um, yeah, it just I'm telling you this entire thing that the 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 Bidens have been around for 40 years, 40, 50 years in the upper echelons of Washington politics. They all know each other. They just do. They all know each other. Um, <laughs> so other details in the according to the piece here, other details in the most recent filings included additional information about Hunter Biden's allegedly illegal firearm and the federal form that he had allegedly filled out dishonestly in order to obtain it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is just, I mean, I I can't, I, I can't, I just can't understand how anyone could, anyone who, um, who knows these people can even vote for this. Um, I, I just vote for this guy. I just, I can't, I, he was exposed a long time ago by the press when we actually had a press. I just, none of this makes sense that you would follow. I mean, to sit here and, to, I mean, Trump, let's just, let's just compare. I mean, Trump is being accused of, but never convicted of any of this stuff. And when now we find out about Fannie Willis and now we find out about, you know, all of these things. You even have, 
You even have one of the freaking Shark Tank people. Um, God, Mr. Wonderful. I can't think of his name. I can see his picture. But he goes and and even he is saying, well, if you're going to go after Trump for this real estate crap that they're going after him for up in New York, you might as well go after everybody because all people overvalue their real estate. You know, again, the thing about that particular case is the fact that there is no uh, no uh, victim in that. Oh, thank you. O'Leary. That's right. Kevin O'Leary. Thank you, Colleen. Appreciate that. I'm over on Rumble. But Kevin O'Leary, <laughs> you know, he's even saying, he's like, this is ridiculous. It's a, it's a, it's a totally made-up situation. And now we have Fannie Willis and all of her things going on with about her, her overpaying her uh, alleged lover um, with funds and them going on lavish vacations and things like that. Talk about, talk about incompetence and corruption. But hey, you know what else? According to this Just the News article, they're now actually going to get around to the whole FARA Act, the Foreign Agent Registration Act. They're finally going to go, they're finally getting around to maybe thinking about FARA violations with him. Now, let's just, let's just be honest here, okay? Again, just like with the whole Biden impeachment, it's getting a little late in the game, folks, for us to be doing anything about this. But the key is not so much whether or not the outcome shows up. The key is not so much whether or not Biden actually gets impeached and removed. To be honest with you right now, by the time that whole thing gets done and over with, probably wouldn't matter anyway. The key here, though, is to essentially ensure the American public has the um, information that is being uncovered by all of this. And that is the key. You know, I honestly, I don't care whether Hunter Biden actually gets prosecuted for this. What I want, what I want is for him to essentially go away. For Biden himself to go away. That's what we want. That's what we want. We want him out of the picture. And especially because of the fact that the Democrats really don't have anybody else at this point in time to be able to bring to the table. And they are betting, they are going all in on Joe Biden. They are completely going all in on Joe Biden. Crazy as that may be. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about Iowa real quick. So there's a lot of conversation with regardless or with regards to Iowa. First of all, I want to make sure that everybody understands that Iowa has a horrible prediction rate for who actually gets the um, who actually gains the nomination. Um, but it does present some interesting aspects when we go and take a look at things like, for an example, 
This is the first Iowa caucus ever where the Republican candidate got, I think, historic numbers. I mean, like over 50 percent of the vote went to um, Donald Trump. And considering the fact that he didn't debate anybody, considering the fact that he was only doing his rallies and things of that nature, you know, this is a what would be considered a huge win. Now, we've got to be honest and cautious with ourselves because heading into New Hampshire, New Hampshire could potentially throw a little bit of a wrinkle into the tide. However, things are not um, showing up that way. Uh, for right now, but Iowa, this is a great, great win for Trump. It is a great push for Trump, and um, it uh, it actually is really positive to show, especially when you're looking at things like Vivek Ramaswamy backing out, um, Nikki Haley coming in third, and Ron DeSantis being a completely distant second. Um, 30 points behind Trump kind of shows that the competition isn't that great necessarily. And because of the fact that this was a caucus more so than an actual um, primary, which a lot of people are looking at like New Hampshire uh, or sorry, Nevada, which is coming up also. They're looking at Nevada as being a bit of a problem because they're claiming that because Trump isn't on the ballot for Nevada for the primary, that that's going to be a problem. Well, what a lot of people don't understand is that the Nevada GOP actually switched over to a caucus. <laughs> they decided to do a caucus this year. They have that right to decide whether or not they want to do a primary or a caucus. And so that's part of the reason why Ron DeSantis isn't on the ballot. Neither is Donald Trump on the ballot for the primary. Nikki Haley is on the ballot for that. But again, Nevada is going to be going to um, go to a caucus type format. And so we're going to see, you know, what happens for Nevada. But the big the big ones, of course, are New Hampshire and South Carolina. Um, Those two in particular are the ones that they are really focused on. So we'll have to kind of see um, what happens with that. But. Let's just not take away from the fact that we have the historic win in Iowa. Um, and even better yet, it cost <laughs> his win caused MSNBC host Rachel Maddow to just go off. And not only that, but it wasn't just her. It was also a couple of other ones. I think uh, Jake Tapper went kind of went nuts um you know and that kind of stuff it is it is glorious to see these people just implode um and and just just lose their minds over this stuff they cannot figure out how donald trump with his indictments with his um you know some of the things that he says uh and again i think a lot of people start to realize that Donald Trump's a New Yorker. He's going to tell you what's on his mind. Now, whether or not he actually comes back around and changes it later, you know, makes no difference. The fact is, is that he goes and he just tells you what comes to the tip of his, his, his tongue at the moment. He is a very reactionary kind of force. And he just, he, he's, 
again, he says things and he tweets things and that may not necessarily be what ends up happening. And he loves to troll people. He loves to piss people off. He loves to get people's goats. And so it works perfect for things like um, these people in the media is because he knows he can play them. And that's what he's doing is he's playing to the audience. The man is a showman. That's all he is. He's just been a complete showman his entire life. And he loves to do that kind of stuff. And these people just fall right into it every single time. But anyway, she's sitting there. um, According to the article here, she was sitting there seething and fighting back tears. And of course, she was talking about the uh, authoritarian rule and becoming a dictator. She was, you know, talking about that again and so on and so forth. I mean, Donald Trump winning the Iowa caucuses by the widest margin in history, 30 points and clinching over 50% of the vote. And she just couldn't get it. She doesn't understand. And this is now moving into and carrying into New Hampshire. So, yeah, we're just going to have to see what happens here. Um, You know, obviously moving forward, but I've maintained many, many times This is Donald Trump's race to lose. This is Donald Trump's race to lose. And what's even even more ironic, I guess, well, maybe I'm using the term ironic, but I've seen like a lot of a lot of um, uh, places on like social media outlets and stuff. There's people outside of our country, like in Canada and the, uh, you know, the British Isles or England or whatever you want to call it over there. There's several people over there that are supposedly (laughs) supposedly saying that, you know, they can't believe Americans are doing Donald Trump again. They can't believe how many Americans are are, you know, going to vote for for Donald Trump because Donald Trump is essentially like Hitler and whatever other rhetoric that you want to throw out at him. I just simply respond whenever I see that on social media. Good thing we haven't cared about other outsiders' opinions in our politics, especially Britain's, since 1776. (laughs) I mean, we don't care about anybody. I mean, we're Americans. We don't care. We've never cared. We haven't cared since 1776. And that's the way we should be. All right. So moving from all of the election conversation and everything else, something happened here. I talked about it. It was like my main topic, my last time broadcasting. And I'm just going to point out, point this out to you. Texas has taken control of one of the major entrances into our country uh, at Eagle Pass and has essentially set up, as I alluded to, a potential civil war, cold civil war, and in terms of civil war 2.0, well, the, the Biden admin has done a couple of things that has raised the temperature for this. And, uh, yeah, Bonnie says the Florida sent the national guard to kind of help him out over in Texas. Well, that would make sense, but The Biden administration has done a couple of things that has raised the temperature um, on this. 
Okay. The first one being that apparently, and I don't know if you've seen this, but the the God, the left wing media just picked up on this right away, and they took off with this story. But they were talking. The Biden administration started blaming the the Texas um, uh, Defense Department, or def, I can't remember what they call it, but anyway, the Texas National Guard for. Um, uh, two children and a woman who reportedly drowned in the Rio Grande River. Well, it has now since come out. Surprise, surprise, that the DOJ finally confirmed this, that the Biden administration and all of the mainstream media outlets, by the way, who have, as far as I know, have yet to issue retractions on their stories but they lied about it, about Texas being responsible for it. Okay. So what apparently happened is the information came from Mexico. Mexico contacted the border patrol around 8 PM about a woman and her two children drowning, uh, trying to cross the Rio Grande river. And here's the thing about it is that that was at like 8 PM. The Texas National Guard wasn't contacted about it until 9 p.m. And the original report basically said something like this. A woman and two children drowned in the Rio Grande Friday night in Eagle Pass, Texas, after U.S. border agents were prevented from responding, federal officials said Saturday. In a statement A Department of Homeland Security spokesperson said the U.S. Border Patrol agents were made aware of the migrants' distress by the Mexican government, but were unable to uh, enter the area from the U.S. side after Texas National Guard troops, under the direction of Texas Governor Greg Abbott, prevented them from doing so. So they claimed that after the distress call from the Mexican government, the Border Patrol were physically barred by Texas officials from entering the area. But that's not true. And this is according to the Justice Department filing with the Supreme Court, which, by the way, the Department of Justice is suing Texas um, for this um, particular thing. Um, And essentially, in the report, or in the, the... filing. Uh, it was discovered by Bill Malugin. And here is, according to Bill Malugin's discovery, um, White House claims that on Friday night, a woman and two uh, children drowned near Eagle Pass and Texas officials blocked the U.S. Border Patrol. However, according to the filing, the migrants had already drowned at 8 p.m. and Border Patrol didn't inform Texas until an hour later at 9 now, I don't know if anybody remembers, but there was there was a certain story about the Border Patrol and the Biden administration kind of passed a thing around about, oh, what was it? Oh, yes, it was whipping. And it turned out to be the reins of the horse and there was no um, whipping <laughs> at this. Um, yeah. So once again, the Biden administration jumped the gun. And of course, the mainstream media jumped the gun, too. And uh, the DOJ has apparently now confirmed that the migrants had been deceased for an hour 
before Texas was even alerted for it. And once again, you won't see anything come out about that, um, you know, or retractions from the mainstream media. Even if they issued retractions, the thing that's funny about the media is that even if they issue a retraction, it won't get seen because most of the time retractions are buried like further down in the story and they don't put it like on their headliners or anything like that because they can't admit they made a mistake. Now, an additional piece out of this is the fact that the Biden administration sent a letter to Texas and said, you must by tomorrow, January 18th, you must relinquish control of the Eagle Pass area back to the Border Patrol or there's going to be essentially, to paraphrase, some serious consequences. Well, Texas has basically said, bring it. <laughs> uh, Texas AG Ken Paxton, this is from the Daily Caller. Uh, Texas AG Ken Paxton rejects Biden admin's demands to give up control of the border area. Uh Ken Paxton sent a letter to the Biden administration Wednesday reiterating the state's unwillingness to relinquish control of the property along the southern border to federal authorities, according to a copy of the letter first obtained by Daily Caller News Foundation. The Biden administration sent a letter to Paxton on Sunday demanding that Texas stop its efforts to prevent Border Patrol from accessing the property of Shelby, Shelby Park in Eagle Pass on Wednesday, which was according to CNN. Paxton says the state will continue to take actions along the border despite ongoing court battles with the Biden administration, including over its razor wire and attempts to arrest migrants for illegal entry, according to his letter. Uh, in recent days, the Biden administration accused Texas of blocking border agents from helping to save three drowning migrants, which I just told you was false. Um, and they under, they undercut their own um, narrative in the subsequent court filing showing that the federal authorities did not inform the state authorities until after the drownings. So, yeah, there we go. This is going to get interesting. Very interesting. But, hey, you know how we've all been talking about whether or not the Biden administration opened the border on purpose? Okay, well, guess what? Some new documents were just revealed, according to this piece in Town Hall, that revealed that the Biden's border crisis, that Biden's border crisis was an intentional policy. Um, the Immigration Reform Law Institute filed a lawsuit against departments uh, against Biden's Department of Homeland Security, claiming the agency had halted the 287G program which assists in the deportation of illegal migrant child rapists, attempted murderers, assailants, carjackers, and other known criminals. Okay. In August of 2023, ICE revealed that the government ended the program in January of 2021, which was right after Biden entered the office. However, the compromised agency gave no reason as to why. The 20, uh, 287G program allows law, local law enforcement agencies to work closely with ICE to capture illegal aliens who have committed crimes. They were then able to turn the migrants over to federal officials for arrest and deportation. Um, 
the IR, IRLI Director of Investigations, Matt O'Brien, said, It is ironic that the Biden administration insists it is the most transparent in history when in reality it has repeatedly attempted to change immigration laws without congressional authorization and then tried to hide the evidence of its misdeeds from the American public. So now, flash forward to September of 2023, the IRLI filed a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act request, to ICE, requesting to obtain internal documents regarding the agency's suspension of this 287G program. The government did not comply with the rule um, that they must reply within 20 days. ICE has yet to respond. So here we go. Again, this may have been an intentional an intentional scenario, which is what a lot of people have already kind of mentioned and said is that this is completely intentional. Remember how I was telling you in the beginning of the program about the we can replace them idea? Not only that, but when you add to this um, certain states that are pushing to allow illegal immigrants to vote, you have um, you have an incredible, incredible case um, for it, and uh, yeah. So we'll just have to see what happens here. Again, twenty twenty four is going to be extremely interesting, people. Very, very interesting. Hmm. All right. Well. As if that weren't bad enough with the whole domestic violence, violent extremists and things like that. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, (sighs) some more stuff has come out. Apparently, here we go again with the whole idea or the whole thing about censorship and blocking Americans and everything else. Well, guess guess what? According to the Daily Wire, and this is, of course, a release I saw by um, uh, Representative Jim Jordan um, again, is that... Um, all right, guys, sorry. Digression here. Rumble, folks, I will, I'll sing it to her at the end, okay? I will do it at the end. Um, but anyway, so... Here we have now we have information, according to Jim Jordan, that the feds actually went through and flagged terms like Trump and MAGA for banks to comb through their customer data. Um, Federal officials instructed banks to comb through their customer data if terms like Trump or MAGA were used in transactions, according to documents obtained by the Select select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. The uh, revelations were made as House Judiciary Chair uh, Jim Jordan announced that he had requested an interview with Noah Bischoff, the former director of the, and these things are freaking long, Office of Stakeholder Integration and Engagement in the Strategic Operations Division of the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, or otherwise known as FinCEN. 
Uh, Jordan said, we now know the federal government flagged terms like MAGA and Trump to financial institutions if Americans completed transactions using those terms. What was also flagged? Potentially if you bought a religious text like a Bible or shopped at at Bass Pro Shops? Yeah. Folks, our government is against Americans, especially conservative Americans. FinCEN reportedly asked banks to help federal law enforcement identify transactions of persons of interest using specific typologies and merchant category codes after January 6th of 2021. FinCEN provided the banks with documentation on various typologies and suggested search terms, according to Jordan. This is the most corrupt government that I, I mean, within my lifetime, absolutely. Um, but definitely, probably within, especially within the modern history, if not even farther back than that. I mean, how, why is it that the government would, would even focus on Americans? We have, um, you know, Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment rights. This is essentially a unreasonable search. We, we have a constitutional right to be secure within our persons and our papers. This is ridiculous to even think that this stuff is even being allowed. I got to tell you, probably a lot of this was due to the Patriot Act. I'm just suppositioning here, but that's my guess. All because of 9-11 and the Patriot Act. It's just crazy. It's just absolutely absurd and insane. This surveillance that our government is focusing on just standard Americans. We have no other choice, folks. We've got to be prepared for what happens in 2024, and we have to, under no uncertain circumstances, we have to take back our government by electing proper conservative individuals, I say strict constitutional conservatives, into places of business. And honestly, I'm... Should Donald Trump make it in? Should Donald Trump make it into office? He needs to clean house completely. He needs to remove every single bureaucrat like Christopher Ray, like all of these other folks. It just, we need an entire house cleaning. And while I'm not necessarily a Vivek's, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy fan, I would guess that he's got the right process to get rid of and shut down any of the three-letter agencies, as I've said on this program, that do not have a congressional statute to back them up. Get rid of all of them. Clean the entire executive branch out. And we need to start going back and focusing on what this document, the the Constitution of the United States, has said and stated. 
we have to get back to the three powers, the three separate but equal powers in our government. We need to get rid of these bureaucrats who are pushing this crap. That's who we have. That's what we need. We need to get rid of all of these people. All right, couple more. Let's see, which article do I want next? Okay, um, for those of you on the environment, or sorry, the economy, just really quick. I mean, <laughs> oh, these people have faded, have failed Econ 101. So here's an example of what I've been talking about on this program on, on several times. Um, you know, whenever you raise the minimum wage, all you're actually doing is increasing costs and prices. That's all you're doing because of the standard cost of goods and services that is basically being passed through the corporation. Doesn't even matter what the corporation is, but it's going through the corporation and directly added to the price that people pay. And so DC decided to increase their minimum wage. And um, because they did, apparently now this is, this is driving prices up, taking unemployment and tips and dropping them. I mean, here in Seattle, they did the exact same thing. They did a $15 an hour minimum wage down in the city and then complained about it six months later because of the fact that the um, restaurant business especially was drying up and many of the restaurant um, owners were saying, look, I'm paying them a regular wage now, $15 an hour. Don't bother tipping them because they're, that's, that's what a lot of people don't seem to understand. That when you got a minimum wage, especially if you're in the restaurant industry, the point is, is that you got paid a minimum hourly wage, but that you were supposed to make that up in tips. And so anyway, the point being here is that D.C. has now um, the hospitality sector in in specific is withering on the vine. This is according to the National Pulse uh, is withering on the vine in Washington, D.C. as ill judged leftist policies on tipped workers drive prices up and employment down and soaring crime scares customers away. So, um, yeah, so Mary uh, Muriel Bowser. Uh, and the council comprised entirely of Democrats and independents who were formerly Democrats. The U.S. Capitol recently um, began an imp- implementing Initiative 82, which was a ballot measure to increase tipped workers' um, base wage more than threefold. As a result, for service, uh, full service restaurant employment, previously up 17%, is now down by 4% since the changes took effect in May. A majority of surveyed restaurateurs say they now intend to lay off workers, while almost a third intend on actually closing venues, and about half of them intend to begin operating in Maryland or Virginia. Now, what's funny is Seattle had the exact same thing. Seattle actually went and um, when the, the $15 an hour wage hike went in, they went ahead and um, uh, moved out of the city limits. In fact, I know several restaurants, uh, I know of several restaurants 
that when they moved out, they moved just on the outside of the city limits line and found uh, found new places to go. So they didn't have to, uh, you know, start paying their workers minimum wage. Now, you know, paying somebody minimum wage, a high minimum wage, you know, everybody looks at it and on the on the um, on the surface from an emotional standpoint, it sounds like uh, it's a great thing. But when you start breaking it down in terms of the economy and in terms of the actual dollar spent and so on and so forth, you start to find out that it's not the greatest idea. And this is one of the big problems that we have with the leftists out there. They get this great idea, but then they never ask of, and then what? Or what's next? And so that's what D.C. is starting to realize. And so this whole idea of the Bernie Sanders minimum wage worker, blah, 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 all that rhetoric that they spew, they don't seem to get basic econ 101 which is the cost of goods and services um, can affect things like that. All right, I see I am at the bottom of the hour, and so it is time for. So um, Amy over on Rumble, and I know Outlaw Dogs is going to cut this for her sip of whiskey because she, she just loves me doing this, but... Amy over on Rumble had a birthday recently, and as you all know, I will can be um, requested to um, perform the happy birthday song for those on Rumble or anywhere else, actually, who have a birthday um, for that. So if you give me just a second here... Grease the the pipes, if you don't mind. Hmm. All right, so here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Amy. Happy birthday to you. And there you go. Happy birthday, Amy. I hope it was a great one. And that is my final Whiskey Musings thought of the evening. Do me a favor. If you like the show, if you like what I do, please head on over to Rumble, especially because the censorship is probably going to get pretty bad here in 2024. Um... Head on over to um, head on over to Rumble and make sure that you sign up for an, a, uh, a an account. It's free, and uh, once you do that, once you do that, make sure you find the Whiskey Musings broadcast channel and hit that little green follow button. Because if you can't see me on either YouTube or Twitter or um, uh, Facebook, you can always find me at Rumble. Uh, so anyway, um, I will see you Saturday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. So an hour later than tonight. So 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Whiskey Musings broadcast channel. You guys have a great rest of your week, and we will see you Saturday night. Good night, everybody.
The Whiskey Musings broadcast is produced by Active Eye Media, LLC. All rights reserved.